Season 4, Episode 13 of the Bolts Broadcast. Mike Mitchelson and Chase Croshaw with you today. Chase, how are you on this lovely Sunday evening? Yeah, I'm doing okay. Could be doing better. The Lions took a tough one today. Took took a tough loss. Um, still feeling sick. So all that's frustrating, but, you know, I'm still kicking it. Still get, Still just getting to at least relax, watch some football, watch some hockey. So, you know, life could be worse. How are you? Oh, I am fantastic. The Bengals won today. I got a lot done today, even though I didn't get, like, the three most important things done. I did get stuff done. Who cares um, about the important things? Right, exactly. Who cares about laundry and having food in the house and uh, making sure your student loans are going to get paid? I agree. <laughs> uh, so I got a little gripe here, Chase, and this might lose our chances of getting a a new sponsor. Oh, boy. But I think I just got to go for it. Jack in the Box. Have you had it? I have not. I heard all this great stuff about Jack in the Box, and oh my gosh, their tacos are so good. Um, And now I always took it as like, they're good for fast food. Like, obviously, Jack in the Box isn't going to have good tacos in comparison. Um, Get it for dinner tonight. And the worst curly fries I've ever had, like worse than the frozen Arby fries you just put in the oven, like worse than that, like real bad. Yeah. Um, the tacos, the only way I could ever see someone actually considering those good is if they were severely intoxicated because those were terrible. Also, you want to know how good these things are? The cheese on the tacos is half a slice of American cheese. Oh. <laughs> and then the burger, actually, burger was okay. I would put it up there with, like, um, Burger King and Wendy's when it comes to their burger. And I'm not a big Burger King burger guy. Um, so, you know, just take that how it is. If you're a big Burger King person, then just know Jack in the Box is not going to be there for you. But, uh, yeah, overall, I think the best thing of the whole meal was the Coke, and I probably won't have it ever again. That's not great. Not even to go to second shot? I mean, maybe, but it was, they got my order wrong. I said no Swiss cheese on the burger, and they put Swiss cheese on it. You don't uh, like Swiss cheese? No, I don't. It's like the You're one weird. cheese that I don't like. That's really weird. Yeah. Probably because it smells like socks. It tastes fine. That's all that matters. For for dirty socks, it tastes like cheese, man. That's all I ask for my cheese. If it tastes like cheese, then then your cheese. <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, well, let's talk about what we're doing today on the Bolts broadcast. Going to be talking first about old Gabriel Fortier. Talk about the captain. Do a little game review, game preview. We got four games to cover: two that have already happened, and two to preview. After the commercial break, going to be talking about the reverse retros. A 2023 NHL draft check-in. And then also talk about maybe there's some games happening in Australia at some point. So, Chase, let's hop right into it. Gabriel Fortier sent down to Syracuse. This was a guy who um, wasn't expected to make the big boy roster. He did, uh, but his time has now come to an end. Yeah, you know, he he, he made it, got got a little bit of a chance Um it's probably going to be more more beneficial for him playing better minutes in, in, in the American League. Playing a bigger role, still playing competitive hockey. 
still playing against adults. It's it's still a very good league, so it'll probably be better for his development that way. No need to just let him sit, you know, in the press box or let him play, you know, eight minutes a game. Uh, not that surprising. Had a feeling this would happen at some point. Hopefully, he can kind of do well down there. Maybe um, down the road when there's bound to be injuries that happen, uh, he can come up and you know do some spot duty and play well. Yeah, excited to see what he can do down in Syracuse. Now, Steven Stamkos, he sets a franchise record to do something no one has done, and the only person that came close was Chris Contos. Yeah, seven goals the first five games. It's 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 a pretty pretty cool stat. Steven Stamkos, everyone was like, oh, he's getting old by everyone. I mean, me. Um, and I mean, there's other other plenty you know plenty of people out there that that were like, all right, Stamkos is getting ready to decline. But no, he's just he's rolling. He he might be getting better. He looks really good. He's looked great these last two years, and he's just scoring at an incredible rate this year. Yeah, of course it's going to slow down. He's not going to score you know 100 goals this year, but it's cool to see him playing well this early in the year. Hopefully he can, even if he's not scoring as high of a rate, hopefully he can just keep playing this well throughout the year. Playing absolutely fantastic, and we love to see that. Chase, when we're going to our game review, we start with the Florida Panthers, which was on Friday night. This is the first of the back-to-back. It went pretty well. Took us all the way to overtime, but the big guns, Steven Stamkos and Braden Point, able to put us past our in-state rival. Yeah, you know, it's always a always a good game when, when you can come out victorious against against Little Brother there. But yeah, they, you know, they, they definitely played well. As we mentioned, Stamkos, he's just been rolling through the early part of this year. Um, you know, played well in that game yet again. So it, it was good to see, you know, coming into the year, we kind of talked about Florida. They probably took a step back on their, in their roster. Um, don't expect super high things from them. You know, expect them to still be competitive, but not necessarily like a favorite by any means. So it was good to get that win. Make sure to get the points against them when you can, because they're still not going to be an easy challenge when you play them. Yeah, and we talked about coming into this, sitting at 1-3, and three, not a place we want to be. Uh, maybe these next two games, this back-to-back with Florida and New York, can get us, you know, around the bend, turn it around a little bit for us, and... One thing we really needed to focus on was the penalty kill because we were terrible, just god-awful at the penalty kill. Against the Panthers, we go 5-for-5, five five, and against the Islanders, we go 3-for-3. Three three, 100% penalty kill through two games, and we come out with both wins. Yeah, de- definitely, you know, a very, very good weekend. Um, a, a game that, you know, I, I'm going to be honest, I didn't really see very much from this uh, Tampa Islanders game. Um, just, you know, had other things that I did have going on, but... Just based on what, what the numbers can tell you, it, it looked like, you know, a kind of classic Tampa Lightning game where it's not necessarily about the quantity of shots, but it's more the quality. It's more the efficiency, great at scoring, great at chances. And, you know, another game where you get outshot by, by nine, but you still end up winning five to three. It just it shows how talented the team is. It shows how smart they are in terms of, you know, get, getting their scoring chances and running away with them. Um, so it was good to get that win. It was good to see the PK get back on track. And, you know, we're, we're heading into our West Coast trip here this weekend, uh, or our Cali trip, I should say specifically. So hopefully we got some good momentum going. Yeah, and let's talk about it. We got the LA Kings first. They are three and four. And uh, it's another back-to-back. So we've got this one on Tuesday. We're going to be versus Anaheim on Wednesday. But this first game, definitely going to be the more difficult of the two. LA playing uh, a bit better than Anaheim right now. Yeah, and LA's, they're, you know, they're, they're a solid roster. They're not some stud roster, but like they're, they're solid. They've got a lot of young guys that are coming up that are starting to play well. Still a big fan of Quinn Byfield. Still think he's going to be a star in this league. Um, you know, it's just only a matter of time. Gabe Velarde has been looking pretty solid for them. It'd be cool to see him kind of get back on track. 
But you know, they, on top of you know that they've they've got Kopitar, they've got Filton Owes playing really well. Uh, they, they've just they've just got a talented team. It, it's maybe not the best you know roster, but there's talent there for sure. Uh, so you can't go into this game you know expecting anything light. It's it's still going to be a challenge. Um, but I do think Tampa like in most matchups this year is the better team. Yeah, and I think we should be able to score here too because the Canes, one thing they did really well last year when they actually looked like a pretty solid team was goaltending. You know, they were getting some good performances out of Quick, out of Peterson. Uh, this time, not really the case. Both sitting under a 900 save percentage. Both right near that four goals against for Jonathan Quick and and five for his counterpart. So, they hasn't gone well for the goaltending for him, and we know how deadly our power play can be. We know how deadly our players can be on five on five. So this one should be a a bit of a goal fest for Tampa at least. Yeah, I'm I'm, I'm hoping so. It's it's definitely possible. So let's hope that it does happen. Our next game being against Anaheim, we likely see uh, Brian Elliott starting this one instead of Vasilevsky. But what can we expect out of this Anaheim team? Can they put up a fight? Oh, for sure. You know, another skilled roster. You got a young stud, Mason McTavish, who's, you know, going to have his rookie year th- this year, play a full year more likely than not. Of course, you've got Trevor Zagras, you've got Jamie Drysdale, you've got Troy Terry. You've, you've got a lot going on there. So th- there's a, enough talent around where, yeah, like they're, they're going to be able to score some goals potentially. And, you know, John Gibson was once a very good goaltender in this league, struggled as of recent. But at any time, you know, I'm, I'm assuming he can figure it out. And then the talent around them is, is going to be good enough where they could get some wins. But as of right now, it's not working out very well for them. He's played terrible. The team's played okay in front of him, but like he just has not been any help by any means. So I don't really expect this being too much of a competition. I think it should be a pretty safe back-to-back win for the Tampa Lightning. Yeah, I agree, especially if we have any opportunity during the special teams at all. You know, we go on the power play, it should end up in a goal. We've got a top 10 power play where they have a bottom six penalty kill. So uh, this is definitely a game that we should be able to take advantage of. And if we can walk out with another two wins on a back-to-back, that'll sit us real nicely at five and three. All right, Chase, well, that's going to do it for the first half. We're going to switch to a quick commercial break, but on the other side, going to be talking about news around the league, reverse retros, and a 2023 NHL draft check-in. Hockey fans, it's finally time to hit the ice again, and thanks to the DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NHL, you're in for a season of a lifetime. New customers can bet just $5 on any team and get $200 in free bets if they win. Tampa's first matchup is on Tuesday, October 11th versus the New York Rangers, and you know who I'm betting on in that one. If that wasn't enough excitement, you can turn small bets into bigger payouts with same-game parlays. Combine multiple bets like which team will win, how many goals will be scored, and more for your shot at an even bigger payout. DraftKings is safe, secure, and reliable. You can deposit and withdraw your cash whenever you want. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use promo code THPN. Bet $5 on any NHL team to win their game and get $200 in free bets if they do. That's code THPN at the DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NHL. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for details. Shout out to our friends over at DraftKings. Thanks so much for sponsoring the show. If you have any sports betting needs, make sure to head over to the DraftKings Sportsbook. 
All right, Chase, let's talk about these reverse retro jerseys. We mentioned them briefly in the last episode, but none of them confirmed at the time. We now have all 32 confirmed. What are we thinking? I, you know, I'm just, as a whole, I think I'm underwhelmed. You know, there, there's a couple that really just suck. A few that are, that are, that I like. And then, you know, like one specifically that I look at, it's like, oh, they, they made changes. I'm confused. Uh, mm-hmm. So I'm sorry. I'm sorry with that one. The Toronto Maple Leafs, like, yeah, they pretty much just made white shoulders is all they did. Yeah. Like that was just, that's just a waste. Uh, if anyone buys that, they're a fool. I'm, I'm going to tell you guys right now. Another um, one for me, uh, if I can just jump in real quick. Yeah, I, I think the Carolina Hurricanes jersey yes. is just yes. so close to already They're You know, they have a jersey jersey currently that looks like it. I don't know if it's their home or if it's their alternates, but so similar. Yeah, I, I, I would agree. And, you know, there's. I'll start. I'll start with, or not start. Move on to the ones that I think really suck. Um, the one that takes the cake and sucking is the Detroit Red Wings. Wow, just just terrible. I saw someone make an edit where they just changed the black to white and looks so much better. But it, it it's really terrible. It's really boring. Um, Chicago Blackhawks. It's like they found you know the, the leftover Detroit jerseys that off the something line. They made too many and they just added little white stripes to it. And it's like, hey, look, look, we 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 got unique. And that's pretty much what they did for Chicago's. So those are both horrendous, just embarrassing two original six franchises. Um, and then from there, I, I don't like Calgary's. I think it's just that bottom of the jersey design is really stupid looking. Um, for some reason, the white in Edmonton's really throws me off. Um, and what was the other one that I, I'm trying to remember the other one? Oh, yeah, the St. Louis Blues. That's the other one that I really just did not like at all. Like, they just, ew. Yeah, I, I think Calgary's, like, from the back, I think it looks really great because they don't have, like, the karate belt tie. Drives me crazy, though. That, um, that. And I think if it was normal, it would actually be a pretty sick jersey. Uh, yeah. W- one that I also have a gripe with, completely agree with you on Detroit and Chicago, one I've got a real gripe with is Phillies. Like, I see all of yeah. the pictures of Phillies, and it just makes me think, like, this guy got a a mock jersey from CVS or something. Like it just does not look like an NHL jersey to me. I'm gonna be honest. Yeah, that's that's fair. That is fair. But let's move on to some of the decent ones. Unless you got more more yeah. issues. Uh, so my only issue is I, I wish Buffalo went red and black. They decided to go blue and yellow. Well, um, I I think they're red and black. They have like a, just a pure red and black alternate that they have this year, if I'm not mistaken. Okay. So like they already have one, so there's no point in doing another one. I think I think I could be wrong. Don't quote me, but I'm pretty sure I remember seeing that. Gotcha. But moving on to some of the good ones. Um, you know, I I liked I love the Kings purple and yellow colors, so anytime they can bring those back, I'm happy. I love the Florida Panthers. It's probably it's probably my favorite. my favorite of them all. Yeah. Um the the Canadians, if if the if their white was red instead, I think it would look great. Um, but like I don't know, just kinda of, kinda of just, just remember that one real quick. The Coyotes, I still love the design. I liked last year's colors, or the year before whatever it was, colors better, but I still like the design. Um, then two more that I really wanted to hit on were the Penguins, just nice and simple, but the Iceberg logo is one of the greatest logos in sports history. And then the San Jose Sharks. I saw people hating on the Sharks one for some reason. I'm like, dude, the Seals jersey, the Seals colors were awesome. I don't know how you can hate on it. Uh, yeah, I just think Go ahead, that... hate on it, hate on it. Go ahead, hate on it. Yeah, I just hate think on that it. going to... You know, seals lettering that says sharks is just. I, I feel like it's kind of a downgrade. They've they've got a really good logo already. Um, it, it's just a, it's just a little too simple for me. Go fly a kite, Mike. 
but on the other side, Tampa is a little bit too much for me. Oh, uh, yeah. You know, this is the Bolts broadcast. We should talk about their jersey. We we, got, we, I, we talked about it last time. I was hoping we didn't have to. They got the waves at the bottom, the yellow uh, lightning bolts on the sleeves. They got like what looks like raindrops on the top near the shoulders. It's just, I don't know. It's too much. So I, I know I've definitely talked about this on the podcast before. It's been a while, but I talked about this league that used to exist in the 90s it's called Pro Beach Roller Hockey. And they it was played on, East, on ESPN. And it was just like roller hockey on a beach and like the backboards were like ramped up. So the puck would like ramp around the net. These jerseys look like they were pulled directly out of that league. Mm-hmm. They're, they're just straight up roller hockey jerseys. Like they're, they're not, they're not ice hockey jerseys. They're not NHL jerseys. Drives me crazy. We talked about it in the last episode on so we could escape talking about it again, but it makes me mad. Well, we talked about uh, like our worst and we talked about some of the better ones. Let's give our top three favorites, though. Let's solidify that. Um, and then I guess before we hop in that, I am curious what you think of the Canucks jersey because they brought back, uh, what's his name, Canuck Joe or Canuck Freddie or something like yeah, that. Yeah, I don't remember his name. And I love the logo. I don't like the jersey. Um, I wish just wholeheartedly they went back to their um, red, red, yellow, black like jersey color scheme because that, that was just my favorite there. So... If there's something with that, I would have been a fan, but like, I don't know. The green just seems like it's there's too much of it on the jersey. I feel like they could go with one last stripe and then also the bottom half of the sleeves where it's green, just keep it that same uh what is that, dark blue? Yeah. Just, just keep it that. I the, think the, if, Yeah. Go ahead. Sorry. I think if it was like that, it'd be just so much better. Yeah, I agree. So change change the sleeves from green to blue there, and then that bottom green stripe at like the very bottom one on the like the base of the jersey, change that to blue, it'd look a lot better. All right, Chase, your top three reverse retro jerseys. What are we thinking? So number one takes the cake of Florida Panthers. It just, I, I love that color blue. And, you know, like the Canadians, they try pulling off too. But it doesn't work as well for the Canadians just because they're, you know, original 16. They've had the same colors forever. So I don't love it as much, but still solid. But Florida Panthers, they can kind of pull it off. You know, they've, they're, they're a tropical team. Um, they've not, you know, not so long historic franchise. So they can kind of get more creative with it and it's fine. So that's my number one. My number two you know, I, I think I'm going to give it to the to the Sharks just because I love the Seals colors. I love the Seals branding. I would love to see them as a full-time team again. I don't never expect that to happen, but if it did, I would definitely be quite a happy guy. And then my number three is probably the Penguins just, just because of how much I love that Iceberg logo. I think it's just, it's so great. The jersey is simple, yet unique at the same time. It just, it looks, it looks really good. Uh, I agree with Florida as the number one. I've got the Penguins as number two. Uh, Montreal is in my top five. I won't give it my top three slot, but I don't know who to go with for the number three. It's either. I'll just go with caps. I love the, the old school Jersey. Um, I kind of wish the bottom half wasn't, um, like uh, diagonal and just, you know, was just straight across the, the Jersey, but that's how their old Jersey was though. Okay. It's, it's, it's clean. Yeah, it, it it is solid, and I, I do like it a lot, and I, I like those jerseys. They're my, they're my favorite ones, the ones that had the capital building on them I really liked, but mm-hmm. I still like the, that old logo, too. Like, it's better than their current logo. And then I just want to quickly shout out the Jets. I mean, it's simple, but it's so clean. They don't yep. have the red. It's just, you know, the two blues and white. Love it. Yes, sir. All right, let's not talk about Rasmus Dahlin, one of your hockey darlings. He's coming off of a wild start, eh? Yeah, dude. He, he's he's arrived. He fully arrived last year, and he's arrived even even further this year because he's just 
rolling. Five games, got a, got a goal in every single game. Eight points on the year. Five goals, three assists, eight points for five games. He's on pace for an 82 goal, 49 assists, 131 point season. I say it happens. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay. Well, in reality, um, I, 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 the way Buffalo's using him right now, he's he's being used. You know, he's like he's he's playing defense, but he's being a little more engaged offensively. He's giving him a little more offensive freedom, being used more of like a, you know, like a. He's a half forward, half defensive. So it's like three and a half forwards, one and a half defensive on the ice at all times, and it's working well. He's playing great, Buffalo. You know, they're doing solid. He's just. He looks really good. He's got a great offensive skill set. I'm happy he can finally kind of put it to put it to use because I don't I don't think it's that far fetched that he's going to leave league in scoring at some point. You know, Kale McCarr is always going to be there. I understand that, but I think at some point Darlene's just going to have a monster season or two where he ends up putting up over a point per game, ends up leading the league in scoring as not like the whole league, but like for defenseman in scoring, I should say. Yeah, I gotta say it'd be really cool to see Rasmus Darlene continue this dominance and put himself up there with the Quinn Hughes. Cause right now you look at defensemen in the league, you see Quinn Hughes or young defenseman. I'll say you see Quinn Hughes up there. Tier one kind of by himself. As of right now, you got some really good players like Adam Fox, Miro Heiskanen um, that are, are sitting, I would say just a notch below. If Rasmus Dahlin can really did, did you Did you say produce. Quinn Hughes is about by himself? No, no, no. I, if I did, I meant to say Kale McCarr. I, I I could have heard you wrong, but I thought I heard you say Quinn Hughes. I just, I just want to make sure we get that, get that straight. Okay, yeah. If I did, I mean Kale McCarr. Kale McCarr is by himself right now when it comes to young defensemen. And then you got the Miro Heiskanen's and the Quinn Hughes's, uh, the right. Adam Fox's that are right. you know right there at that tier two. Um, but it doesn't seem like those guys are you know chomping at um, the feet of Kale McCarr right now. So if Rasmus Dahlin can continue to up his game and continue on this pace, I mean, you're going to be talking about another player up there in that tier one with him. Uh, of all defensemen in the NHL right now, there's only two guys that I think can, you know, really find themselves in the same tier as Kale McCarr down the road. And it's Rasmus Dahlin and Moritz Sider. Moritz Sider's going to do it differently because he's not going to, you know, be a 90-point guy. If, if he does, that, then he's going to be arguably the best defenseman in NHL history because that would just be incredible based on the way he plays defense. But... He's going to do it with, with a great two-way game. Um, you know, Kale McCarr and Rasmus only both have respective two-way games of their own, but both those guys are just such offensive weapons that they're, they're so much fun to watch, and I really think Rasmus Dahlin is going to establish himself as that player this year. That'd be sweet, that's for sure. Let's not talk about the NHL, and they're looking to play some games down under over in Australia. Yeah, so I, I saw this. Look, just going to look at new stuff today. I thought it would be pretty cool. Um so they're doing a site survey in the next week or two down in Australia to kind of see how things work. Um, I don't know if you've ever heard about this before, Mike, but apparently there's some like summer tournament thing that um, a lot of pros go to. Some some NHLers, you know, a lot of minor pros. Um, some some guy just p- puts on this event. It's some really rich guy. It just they go down to Australia, go down there for a couple weeks, play some you know fun charity games, and just have a great time in Australia. So um, it's it's a place that that players go down to. There's already a league down there. There's ranks. They they could definitely make it work. Um, so it would be cool to see because like there's you know like Nathan Walker. He he's he's from Australia. He plays NHL games. He's a solid player. There's there's talent to be found everywhere around the world. And you know the more we can grow the game, the more we can find that talent. It would be pretty cool. So hopefully we get an idea here in the next you know hopefully a couple of months if we're seeing that as soon as next year. Yeah, that'd be really cool to see. And finally, the 2023 NHL draft check in. I mean, we know who that top guy is. He's continuing to play at an unreal pace. Who are some of the other guys we're looking at? Yeah, so 
I really want to talk about this just, just because we got some guys off to some incredible starts. And Matthew Mishkov, of course, is is that dude, and he's going to be strongly in consideration for the number two overall pick. But the way Adam Fantilli's playing, man, like he's, re- he's ready to go next year. He's ready to play the NHL right now. He's eligible to play next year. He will play next year. Matthew Mishkov, you know, he's stuck on that Russia deal, so he, he might... There might be a world where he doesn't go second overall, and Adam Fantilli kind of takes that cake because, I mean... The guy's just massive. You know, he's like a six foot two, six foot three-ish power forward. Uh, he's got a great scoring touch off to a hell of a start at U of M. Fifteen points through six games, just incredible. He's on pace to to you know if he goes at this pace, he's going to set the record for true freshman for draft eligible true freshman. I get it'll it'll be something that we've never seen before. Better than better than Kyle Connor, better than Jack Eichel, better than Paul Correa. It it, it would really be something special, and I hope it happens because it just adds more excitement to the league. But outside of him. You know, we've got some guys like like Brain Yeager off to a solid start. Zach Benson's doing well. Leo Carlson is playing fantastic. 10 points to 12 games in the Swedish League right now. He's really fighting for a top five spot. Edward Schala showing his skill in the Czech League, averaging just under half point per game in a very strong league. I mean, it, it's just there's so much talent in this draft class. It's really incredible. It's super exciting. No matter who you are, as long as you have a high pick, I mean, you're, you're going to be getting some talent. Even if you have like a middling pick, you're going to get talent because let's just go over, you know, this ranking right here from, from elite prospects. It's their consolidated ranking. So it has all the sites they use for, for, for rankings. Just they're, they're kind of aggregate. Matthew Wood, one of my favorite players in the draft right now, he's ranked at 16th. And as a true 17 year old, he went to college a year early. He finished high school a year early, went to college. He's got seven points through eight games. I mean, like we, we, we see, Guys that are first-round picks that don't do that as 18, 19-year-olds at college. He's just off to an incredible start on top of being a big boy, six foot three. There's just so much talent in this draft class. It's going to be so much fun. Chase, here's a question for you. Mafe Mishkov, you mentioned his contract. He's going to be over in Russia for you know a couple years after he's drafted. Looking right now, if the draft started right now, what do you think the lowest Mafe Mishkov could go? Um, there's no way he falls outside of the top five. I, if if we were to draft today, just based on how Leo Carlson's playing, I think he's someone's going to take him there just because he's playing so well. And I think he can continue playing that way. So I could see a path where that happens. So I would see a, a potential where we see Connor Bedard, number number one, without a doubt. Adam Fantilli would go number two. Leo Carlson would find himself number three. And then, you know, I have a hard time seeing somebody else necessarily go number four, but maybe Delbert Divorce, he goes there. Um, maybe Brandon Yeager, Zach Benson, maybe one of those guys go there, but there's no chance he falls outside of the top five. And I really have a hard time seeing him even fall out of the top four or top three. Okay. Uh, that's, that's one I want to keep my eye on for sure, because we know how talented the kid is, but, um, we saw Russians drop this year because of the whole Russia, Ukraine situation. And, you know, Matt Mishkov going to be over there, uh, for multiple years after the draft. It's going to be a an interesting situation to see how it all plays or plays out. And um, I'm I'm going to cut you off before you move on. The only way at things right now that I consider taking Adam Fantilli over him, just because of how high Mishkov's ceiling is, is if I'm a team that just happens to have a really bad year, catch a break with the lottery, and you're one piece away from being legitimate contenders again, like right away. Then you grab Fantilli, you can throw him right into your middle six, maybe even top six, and you're ready to go. Otherwise, I'm taking Mishkov and I'm just waiting for him to come over because. He's he's legitimate hundred point per year guy. Ceilings ceilings are that different. Yeah, like like Fantilli's gonna be a great player. And I think he's he's got you know seventy to eighty point a year potential, like legitimately. But Mishkov, 
is 50 goal, 100 point potential every single year. It's it's there. And then I, I guess we should just mention how Connor Bedard's doing, even though we know he's uh, performing excellently. We talked about all his counterparts, but we haven't been talking about anyone at that number one slot aside from Bedard because he's off to a tear. Yeah, I mean, 21 points through 12 games, 10 goals, 9 assists, or 11 assists, because you know where I got the 9 from. Um, but he is just dominating. You know, through through his first 10 games, saw stat, he was um, averaging 140 sh- or not averaging, he had a total of 140 shot attempts and 70 complete shots on that. So he averaged 14 attempts per game and got seven pucks on that per game. If he does that in the NHL, I mean, that's going to be fun to watch. And right now his his shooting percentage is a little low for that. Like, he's not converting at a high rate as he normally does. So if he keeps playing that way, once it starts clicking, dude, he's going to shatter draft eligible numbers. Like, he's got real potential to to set some untouchable records, and I hope he does it, man. It would be so much fun. And you sent me a tweet from Cam Robinson. Uh, it showed a video of Connor Bedard. Just absolutely dirty backhand pass, but his teammate misses an open oh, net. Oh, <laughs> the caption pain. Is, caption is, when Connor Bedard doesn't have a thousand points, it's because his teammates do things like this. Dude, he, he's on, like, the worst roster in junior hockey. They only compete because him and Tanner Hall are on the team. It sucks. Because if you put him with, like, one or two more talented players, he he already has nine more points on the year, legitimately. Guy's a stud. All right, well, that's going to do it for our main segments. Chase, let's head now to hockey name of the day. We've got Alessandro Sega. <laughs> uh, Sega Fredo. <laughs> Sega Fredo. Alessandro Sega Fredo. Nice. Yeah, uh, Alessandro, he is an 18-year-old Italian. Uh, he was drafted eligible last year. He was the youngest eligible player in the draft, did not get drafted. But he is a talented player. He spent time in the WHL last year, time in the WHL this year. Um, didn't quite go his way, but, um, you know, he still put up some decent numbers last year. He had, you know, a total of 15 points through 40 games. Uh, he's going over to Switzerland now. He's going to play in the U-20 league this year. Uh, I, he's got some awesome talent. He's someone that we're definitely going to see in the international scene. You know, maybe there's a chance he can kind of develop a little more. We see him as an NHL draft pick down the road. But for right now, he's just a young development, developmental guy um, who kind of had the disadvantage of being the youngest eligible player in the draft. So just give him some time. Maybe he can get there. He's got some good talent, got some good tools. It'd be cool to see him succeed. Yeah, I would love to see an Italian kid in the league. Um, and, uh, I mean, Sega and and basically Frodo from Lord of the Rings. So that's his last Yes, name. yes. All right, well, that's going to do it for the show. I want to thank you so much for coming out. Chase, if you could, hit him with an outro. As always, I want to thank you guys for listening. You want to check us on Twitter at Bolts Broadcast. It's at Bolts Broadcast. You can follow the Hockey Podcast Network on Twitter at HockeyPodNet. That's at HockeyPodNet. Why not go follow WMP on Twitter at WMP Sports Pod. That's WMP Sports Pod. Make sure you go to HockeyPodcastNetwork.com. You can find all the podcasts network right there. Boom, click the logo. Listen, easy peasy, lemon squeezy. Wherever listening, you can rate us five stars. Send us your questions, comments, concerns. We really appreciate it. Whatever you do, forget to use code THPN. Thanks for stopping by. We'll talk to you next time.